Hello, all you movie freaks out there. My name's Eugene Weaver, and it is time once again for another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror-related, gore-related, special effects-related, just general, all-around awesome movie talk. However, today I might be talking about uh, some different stuff, not uh, not so much movies, but... Um, Things that apply to movies or things that go, especially with the movies that I enjoy. Uh, it's almost, it seems like if you're a fan of of horror movies or grindhouse movies or splatter type movies, you're also generally a metal fan. And I happen to be an old school metal fan. And so this episode, I'm just going to be kind of rambling about uh, about concerts. Uh, just because, I, I, yeah, granted, it's not movies. Some of it may apply a little bit to movies, but uh, just because I think that metal music applies so well to to uh, to horror movies that I just thought that would be kind of fun. Uh, obviously, I, the reason this came up is I just got back from a concert with my co-host Eric Marner a couple days ago up at the legendary Cleveland Agora. Uh, we went up to see... Slayer, uh, Suicidal Tendencies, and Exodus. And I've been a long, long, long time Slayer fan. I've been a Slayer fan probably since, uh, oh boy, I would say Seasons in the Abyss uh, was the first album that I kind of started getting into them. And before that uh, was Metallica. I, I, uh, Metallica was almost kind of my segue into more of the hardcore metal uh, even though back then Metallica was was pretty hardcore, but not to the likes of like stuff like Obituary and um, and Slayer. I mean, Slayer is probably my second favorite. Metallica is my favorite 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 band. Um, but uh, but for some reason, Slayer just through the years continues to uh, kick ass. I just their albums are awesome. And their shows are even better. Something about their shows is just, it's hard to describe because I've seen so many concerts through the years that, um, you know, after a while you'd think like, oh, all right, okay, I've, I've seen my fair share of concerts. But watching them a couple nights ago up in Cleveland, it was like I was watching them all over for the first time. Just, it was, they put on the loudest shows. They put on the... Uh, as far as the mosh pits go, they put on the most extreme, like the most extreme mosh pits that I've been in are at Slayer concerts. And just the fans are so intense and rabid at those things. And uh, I've seen Slayer uh, numerous times throughout the years. Uh, and, you know, I, I was expecting to be somewhat a little disappointed just because they are getting older. Jeff Henneman is not with them anymore. And they have a different drummer, a drummer that they had previously before firing uh, Dave Lombardo. And so now they got him back, but you wouldn't even know. Um, it, they were on their A game. And I think that's so cool that a band that that the band members are pushing 50, if not older, are still able to crank out thrash metal music. And uh, 
very, very impressed. The two opening bands, I could have, eh, I mean, I could have done without. I, uh, but again, I'm not really into the into the new metal scene. Although these are older bands, I just I never got into these bands back in the day in the Suicidal Tendencies and Exodus. I guess they were okay for what they were, but uh, the other times that I have seen Slayer, I was more impressed with the opening bands. I mean, there was um, Fear Factory opened for them at one point. Uh, and uh, amongst other opening bands, I just remember being very impressed with them. My uh, my my best experience with watching Slayer in concert was at the James A. Rhodes Arena in Akron, and uh, somehow James A. Rhodes Arena is like a, it's a smaller basketball uh, arena type place in Akron, and there was a nice amount of seats there. This was on the I believe this was on the Divine Intervention tour. Uh, back in the uh, early 90s, and I remember that we had seats. We didn't have floor tickets, and floor tickets were general admission. Uh, well, that sold out. The concert was sold out, and I do remember uh, very vividly, uh, right before Slayer came on, I said, to hell with this. I'm going to be in the pit, and there is there's security at all the places that lead down into the floor, uh, and so you just have to time it out. So I was standing there in my by my seat, and I was with a couple friends. And um, I'm like, okay, so what I'm going to do is once the lights go out and the crowd goes nuts, I'm going to just bolt down there and leap the guardrail and and disappear into the crowd. And uh, and this is something that I probably wouldn't do now at age 40, but eh, you know, whatever. Um, lights went out. Down I ran. I mean, I made a beeline for it. Jumped the guardrail. Didn't even look back. Because uh, if you would have got caught, you would have been tossed out of the concert. And uh, that would have sucked. But that did not happen. I did make it into the mosh pit and immediately headed all the way up to the front. And somehow, somehow, I managed to squeeze all the way up to the very front center against the guardrail. I was the front row in the mosh pit. And it was great. It was such a great concert. I do remember uh, that that was the uh, that was I think the first concert that I got I got hurt at that concert. Uh, there was a lot of crowd surfing, and I recall one crowd surfer. He had these big Doc Martens on and kicked me square right in the head. And uh, me being you know twenty years old maybe or whatever. I uh, I grabbed a hold of his leg and I just started pulling with all my might as hard as I could, and so the uh, the security were were trying to get him over the the barrier so that he could run around back into you know back into the pit, and I had a hold of his leg pulling him the other direction and pulling down, so it was almost like I was trying to break the guy's leg. Um, I was furious, and that's what happens at a Slayer concert. You you get furious. Uh, but regardless, anyway, it was a blast. Slayer killed it. I still remember that. That's one of my fondest memories of a concert. Every Slayer show is some of my fondest memories of concerts. So if you are a big metal fan or a hard rock fan, and you may not be a thrash fan, it's okay. You really should experience a Slayer concert just to see what it is like uh, to see chaos in a building, because that is what it is. The crowd is nuts. The crowd is intense. It's so fun. Uh, I had a blast. I had a blast back then, and I had a blast a couple nights ago. And I have not been to many concerts lately. Just that's what happens when you're married and you have kids. 
Uh, last concert, last big concert I was at, I did see Metallica and Godsmack. Uh, now it's been, I mean, it's going on four and a half, getting on almost five years ago. And that was another great concert. Probably my my favorite Metallica show that I've ever seen. Um, it's there for some reason. The older they get, it seems like the better they get. I know that there was a couple of uh, so-so albums with the Load and Reloaded, and Saint Anger has its fans. I'm kind of, sort of one of them, but eh. Uh, but but um, but they're they're back on their A game in my opinion, and they killed it that night. I remember it was it was fantastic, and that was a good a good big arena show. Uh, anymore, I. I would much prefer places like the Cleveland Agora and a little bit smaller venue where you can really get up close uh, to the stage. Now, I will say this for the Metallica show that I was at. The Metallica show, we had floor tickets, and I was actually able to get right up to the stage as well. And that's that's pretty cool when you're really, really close to a Metallica show. Uh, Metallica relies a lot on pyrotechnics and very, very elaborate stage, stage things. So... Uh, this was off the Death Magnetic tour, and so we had coffins slowly coming down out of the ceilings, and fire, and smoke, and all that good stuff. All the things that make a, a legendary rock and roll concert. So, uh, jumping on now that those are the two of my more recent concerts, I'm going to jump all the way back to the very first concert that I was ever at, and that was uh, when I was I had literally just turned 16 years old, and Warrant. Trickster and Firehouse, three eighties hair metal glam bands, were going to be at the Blossom Music Center here in Ohio, which is up in Cuyahoga Falls. And back then, I mean, this is back in the late eighties. Tickets were relatively cheap. Uh, I think the tickets were fifteen dollars, and the the place was because the tickets were so cheap. I believe that the thing sold out, and that is, uh, I want to say Blossom seats at least fifteen to maybe twenty thousand people. I could be wrong, but uh, it was. It was crazy, and we actually had pavilion tickets. Three youngsters barely know how to drive, and we're driving up to Cuyahoga Falls all the way from little old Holmes County, and uh, it was a completely different experience for for all of us because it was like, what? This is a huge thing, and and thousands of people, most of which were older than us, and we were young, and we were naive, and we didn't know what we were doing, and the first thing we do is we buy T-shirts and T-shirts that we obviously would not have been allowed to wear at our high school. But regardless, we're going to buy T-shirts. And so, again, being the young, naive people that we were, we set the, the T-shirts in the seats behind us and where we were sitting. And uh, you know, so Trickster was on and Firehouse was on. And then Warrant came on, and oh, I, I still remember, it's almost like it was yesterday, I remember that concert that well. The uh, the stage was a big W up there, and they were able to run around on the stage, and it was so good. However, halfway through the concert, we turned around, halfway through Warrant, we turned around and realized that all of our shirts were stolen by the people that were behind us, and they had spat huge hawkers all over our seats. So they stole our shirts and spit hawkers on our seats. So there you go. Lesson learned. Uh, but two other n- things of note for that first concert was the uh, all three bands, all the band members came out uh, for, the, for Warren's Encore. And Janie Lane, the lead singer of, the lead singer of uh, Warrant, said, I'm not a big rap fan, but 
I do like this song, and they all busted out into Fight for Your Right to Party from from uh, the Beastie Boys, and that was so, so, so cool. I loved it. So uh, anyway, that was great. Uh, so then the ride home, we actually, somehow, we went the wrong direction, and we kept on heading up, and we were, all of a sudden, it was the middle of nowhere, and this is in the long before we had uh, internet, uh, and we just, we were just following directions to get there and then get back. And we didn't know where to go. And at this point, it's late and we're lost and things are closed and we don't know where we're going and we're getting low on gas. And uh, so anyway, it was a complete nightmare. Uh, I remember four o'clock in the morning is I think when we finally got home and it was nuts. It was nuts. Um, Anyway, that was Warrant, a great show all the way back in the 80s. And then after that, even though it was so hard to, uh, everything that happened to us, that concert, it was difficult to, you know, it was a, a big ordeal. I was hooked, and then I just started to go to all the concerts that I possibly could. My first experience with a mosh pit was, uh, Strangely enough, was a concert that I wasn't even expecting to have a mosh pit in, and that was Skid Row and Pantera. And I was going for Skid Row. This is at the James A. Rhodes Arena, and I'm like, all right, Skid Row. Skid Row is awesome. And I used to be a big 80s hair metal fan. And uh, so, um, so Pantera opens up, and I had never heard of them before. And Pantera, I got to say Pantera is one of the first... Uh, groups that that got me into I mean it was basically Pantera, Metallica, and Slayer. They were the ones that kind of kind of got me into metal. And Pantera comes out, and this was I think that they had just come out with vulgar display vulgar display of power. I think that they had already they had already done Cowboys from Hell, and this was their first first stint on vulgar display of power. And uh, they ha- they didn't really hit it big until vulgar display and. Uh, from the moment they hit the stage, the crowd was nuts. And you could tell that everybody, it seemed like everybody was there for Pantera. And um, I loved it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is, this is so awesome. The crowd is, why are people pushing each other? And, you know, people are pushing each other and it's almost like there's a big organized fight going on. And I totally loved, I, I loved it, loved it. So, uh, that was the beginning of the mosh pit days for me where I would, uh, it was almost like the bands were almost secondary. I wanted to go for the mosh pit. And so I would go to, to concerts that I really, I liked the bands, but I didn't so much like, you know, it wasn't like I'm driving all the way up to Cleveland an hour and a half away so I can sit in a seat and listen to our heavy metal band. I'm driving all the way up there so I can be in a mosh pit and enjoy heavy metal music. So, um, after that Pantera show, it was all about, it was all about mosh pits. So we're talking stuff like Testament, Anthrax, whenever Pantera, whenever Pantera would come to town, it didn't matter where they were. I was finding people to go to see Pantera with me. So we would end up, um, the, I think the last time I saw Pantera was at the Richfield Coliseum before it shut down. Uh, and they it, 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 they only sold tickets for the floor and then the lower level because Pantera it's it's unless you're a huge mega group like Metallica or maybe Black Sabbath Ozzy Osbourne it's kind of it's kind of hard to sell out a huge arena but strangely enough they were at the Richfield Coliseum 
and um, White Zombie. I saw White Zombie uh, and every venue that you can think of. I was pretty much I would go uh, the Cleveland State University CSU Convo Center, James A. Rhodes Arena, Blossom, uh, then the Gund Arena. And uh, oh, we even went out to Pennsylvania on, on occasion to a big pavilion out there for OzFest, I believe. Yeah, I saw OzFest a couple times there. And um, so, and even Columbus. Columbus, we hit Columbus one time and uh, no, actually two times in uh, 1993. Uh, wait, actually, I think about it, there was uh, two separate occasions that I was there in about one year at, um, and I, I'm going to, it's a big field down in Columbus, a big fairground type thing. And, uh, I, I, I cannot, it, it, the name of it escapes me, but I saw Lollapalooza there in 93. And this is the Lollapalooza that had, uh, Rage Against the Machine opened up the show. And I, I remember I was so pumped for this Lollapalooza thing because I had heard the previous year was so awesome. And, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers were there and it was such a great concert. And, like okay, I'm gonna go to Lollapalooza in 1993. So I would I went and bought every CD of every band on the main stage, and one of which was Rage Against the Machine. And um, I am proud to say that I was one of the first Rage Against the Machine fans because they were kind of a no namer at the time. I mean, the the CD had just come out, and I bought it, and I listened to it nonstop, and it was so great. And it's weird to think, uh, looking back now, that all the bands that were there. They probably turned out to be the biggest of all of those bands. Uh, however, there were some other fantastic, huge bands. Uh, I'll never forget my experience watching Alice in Chains there. Everybody was there for Alice in Chains, by the way. Uh, Alice in Chains on the main stage and Tool on the, on the second stage. And I saw a brief amount of tool but we were heading to the uh, main stage for one of the cons for one for one of the bands and i remember thinking tool that i i had never heard of them before i'm like they look so awesome and they sound great but we got to make it down to the main stage because this and this and this band's playing now i wish we would have stuck around for tool but anyway alice in chains was amazing just to see the entire lineup the original lineup before the lead singer passed away, the crowd was, it was an ocean of mosh pit. And uh, it was great. And that way, it was, what was strange is that they weren't even the headliner. Uh, they were, the Primus was the headliner. And Primus was really, really good. We, we dug Primus, but Primus was certainly not Alice in Chains. The crowd was way more into Alice in Chains than they were Primus. But uh, that's one of my more memorable concerts was just that whole the first Lollapalooza experience I went to many many more Lollapaloozas after that but none of them none of them was like that one and this was the third one I believe I think it was 91 and 92 were the first two and then I was at the third one so I missed the first two but um and back then like now an all-day festival thing might it would probably be too much for me I'm 40 years old and I'm like come on it's hot then it didn't matter. It didn't matter if you were getting sunburned. It didn't matter if you were dehydrated. It didn't matter if you were hungry or eating junk food. Uh, it didn't matter if you were dirty because of the, all the dust or you were covered in sweat or whatever. It was all about just the whole experience of, of uh, a mosh pit and just being around thousands, thousands and thousands of people watching these uh, fantastic bands. And it was just like a gigantic community, and which is what Lollapalooza was supposed to be. And it worked very, very well, especially the first, the first half of that 
huge thing. And then it just it, the more I went, the more it lost its luster. It uh, it seemed to get more commercialized every year. And then you know I, I get it. It's all about it's all about money. It's all about making money. But um, but that first the first one especially, it just felt like a special a special thing. And I, I thought that was so awesome. And I'm so glad that I was a part of that. So um, anyway, but jumping around, I'm just jumping all over the place here. I know, but uh, it's, it's fun talking about rock and roll. Uh, Nautica Stage is another place that I think is an awesome venue up in Cleveland in the, on the flats. I've seen White Zombie there numerous times, Pantera, Slayer. Uh, I saw the Sex Pistols there when they did a little reunion tour. That was really fun. Uh, Weezer, I've only seen Weezer one time. Weezer is still one of my favorite bands, and I saw them there on their uh, first album tour, and it was it was fantastic. That was a what was strange about that concert was there was a mosh pit for that concert as well, surprisingly, but it was a very different mosh pit. Like everybody was nice, and it was kind of like just people jumping up and down and kind of bumping into each other and kind of crowd surfing, but it wasn't it wasn't insane out of controlness like like. Uh, like the metal shows were. So, uh, but anyway, um, just again, I'm just jumping around because I love talking about this stuff. My most memorable show at the Cleveland Agora was the first time that I saw White Zombie. And this is another instance where I had no idea who this band was. All I knew was that a couple guys older than me wanted to go and they asked me if I want to go along. And I'm like, uh, yes, I don't know who they are, but rock and roll, I'm going. So we, uh, we got tickets and we went up there for White Zombie. This is back when White Zombie was still a band, not just Rob Zombie himself. Um, and uh, it was incredible. It was a raw energy like I have never, like almost almost never experienced. But I've been to a lot of rock shows. Uh, but it was so cool how everybody was into this new band and they had just came out with the Los Exorcisto album. And uh, immediately after this this concert, I bought the tape, bought the CD, whatever, and wore the thing out, listened to it nonstop. Uh, and I do recall here, what's cool about this concert is that halfway through White Zombie's set, and I don't, I, at this point, I don't even remember who the opening bands were, but halfway through White Zombie's set, uh, the, the layout of the Cleveland Agora is stage, mosh pit, and then it's kind of like an old opera house type thing. Then there are seats behind you, and then there's a balcony. And the sound booth, or the sound board, is right behind the mosh pit in its own little area um, facing the stage. And someone I, it, someone somehow got a hose into the building because there are side doors in this thing. And security was not as heavy, I'm guessing, as it would be now. But someone got a hose in there. I want to say it's a garden hose of some sort. It's somehow, uh, and I was in the pit, so I just it happened so fast. But water was sprayed, and water was sprayed onto the soundboard, and bam, concert over, all sound done. And so there stood White Zombie, all four of them just standing on stage like, what just happened? And it was nuts. Uh, and this is a bunch of metalheads, and all of a sudden the reason that they're there is the, the, that band has been shut down, and uh, tempers were getting hotter and hotter, and somehow Rob Zombie was able to convey to the crowd there was some some issue with the soundboard, but hang tight, we're going to come back, they have to get it fixed, but we're not done with this show yet. 
which calmed the, the crowd down. So we all shuffled out of the, uh, of the main concert hall into the bar area. And the Cleveland Agora has a main concert hall. Then they have the bar area slash t-shirt selling place. And then they also have a ballroom there too where smaller bands play. And so we all went into the main lobby area and we just couldn't, kind of stood around. And again, back then, uh, back then it was, eh, hey, this is whatever. Uh, now I would have been like, we're out of here. Let's go. But we hung around for a good 45 minutes waiting. And finally, the sound came back on. They got the sound working. And at that point, there had been a lot of people that had bailed. But which made it all the cooler when we all came back in is there wasn't near as many people there. And zombies started up again and they kept on rocking and rolling and they finished their set. And uh, it was just a very surreal, weird experience. And, uh, and White Zombie, I think, is one of the more iconic bands from the 90s. I know that grunge was a huge thing in the 90s, and I, I was as into grunge as the next person, but uh, White Zombie, while Slayer and Metallica and Anthrax, Megadeth, bands like that were formed in the 80s, uh, iconic 90s metal I, that is still going is White Zombie slash Rob Zombie, I guess. But uh, they put on some of the greatest stage shows, and that's kind of, I guess, where a movie movie stuff would fit into this is uh, their stage sets were like a big, gigantic horror movie unfolding, and it was great. Uh, I know that Guar did similar stuff as far as, you know, grotesque horror stuff spraying the crowd. I saw Guar once. Eh. Uh, I'm more into, I want good music, Rob Zombie, uh, White Zombie stuff. So uh, great concerts, great concerts. And same with Pantera. Their, their stage shows were so good. Uh, Marilyn Manson has had, uh, I've seen Manson several times. They have great setups. Uh, Korn, Danzig. Uh, another uh, very memorable concert. This will probably be the last one, uh, just because I'm just rambling, but I'm having fun. I hope you are too. Uh, was I actually was able to see Nirvana at James A. Rhodes Arena on Halloween back on the In Utero tour. This is obviously fairly shortly before Kurt Cobain committed suicide. And uh, I'll never forget that experience, ever. I, I think that oh, Mud Honey may have opened up for them or the Meat Puppets. I'm, it didn't matter. We weren't, no one was there for the opening bands. Everyone was there for Nirvana because they were at the peak of their popularity uh, after Nevermind. And In Utero was such a great album. But we had, somehow we got floor tickets and we were right in the front. And uh, out comes Nirvana, all three of them, and they're all dressed up in a Halloween costume. So there was uh, uh, The Mummy, which was the bass player, I forget his name. And, uh, or not, and then, the, yeah, then the, drum, the, the drummer, uh, which is Dave Grohl, he was uh, let's see, The Mummy. And, um, oh boy, I, 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 I kind of forget. I, I just, I remember what Kurt Cobain was dressed up as. I know that the bass player was The Mummy. But uh, anyway, Kurt Cobain or Kurt Cobain came out dressed up as Barney, and I thought that was brilliant. He came out as Barney and flipped everyone the bird, and uh, there you go. I remember that, and it was fantastic, and everybody went nuts because it was Halloween, and we're watching Nirvana. And then uh, I'm, I forget what month he killed himself, but that was that was it. And uh, so anyway, a very surreal experience knowing that that um, I was one of the few that saw Nirvana, and and and. It wasn't like they put on a bad show. They put on a fantastic show. It was great. So anyway, um, I could go on and on. I've seen so many bands, it's, it's almost embarrassing. 
luckily, I've slowed down because that is a very, very costly habit and hobby. But uh, it makes for great stories. It makes for uh, great memories. And uh, luckily, I've never been seriously, seriously hurt. I've seen a lot of people seriously hurt, including a guy a couple nights ago at Slayer. He was walking out of the pit, and his face was covered in blood. And that's not good. You don't want to be in that situation with a cracked open skull or whatever. And things like that happen at these shows that get uh, insane with the mosh pits. Uh, And you just have to almost know when to bail. I was in a rancid mosh pit at the Cleveland Agora. And we were not in there for for very long until we knew we should not be in this pit. Uh, Even for Slayer. Every time I see Slayer, I've been in the mosh pit more. and, And I'm okay. But something about that rancid mosh pit, uh, it was more, almost more uh, because it was a punk rock concert. It was more skinheads there, and everyone was wanting to hurt each other and throw punches, and and it wasn't cool. Like even with a hardcore Slayer uh, pit, if you fall down, there's still people that are going to pick you up, and there's still some sort of respect for each other. At at that rancid concert, I remember there was no respect at all. It was all young young skinhead punks that were out to hurt people, and that's not cool. Um, and their stage setup sucked. It was a little, and I think that they were trying to be all punk, so it was basically, you know, very few lights and a little a little poster that said Rancid or something like that. And like, you know, we're so hardcore, we don't even have to have uh, a big stage setup. They were good, I guess, but um, that whole experience was meh. So anyway, that's that's punk rock for you, I guess. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed my deviation from movies this episode. Um, if I'd have my stack of mo- of uh, concert tickets from from throughout the years, I could have probably spent hours on this, but I don't want to bore you. So I hope you've enjoyed my little foray into uh, rock and roll shows. And uh, next time you hear me, I'm going to be back talking about movies. But for now, this was fun. And uh, again, you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. And uh, feel free to give me any comments or feedback or movies that you'd like me to watch and talk about. Because trust me, the next episode, it's going to be right back to the horror movies. Uh, And make sure that you listen to Movie Freaks, my uh, other show that I am a co-host on with Eric Marner. We're over on YouTube currently. And, of course, our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. They're always fun to listen to. So that is going to do it for me today. Thanks again for listening. And uh, you know what? Uh, For this episode, I'm going to wrap up with Rock On.